Welcome to Change Out Loud, the podcast where change management intersects with everyday life. I'm Kara Sundar. And I'm Adnan Ali. And today we're joined with Senkar Vyakarnam. And today's topic is best practices at work. Sankar works as a business project manager at a major investment management firm in Hyderabad, India, as a part of a global business project management office team. He is passionate about personal productivity, which he loves to talk about, and he's an avid consumer of knowledge and information on this topic and a keen practitioner of the principles and hacks. Welcome, Sankar. Thank you so much for having me. And Sankar, can you tell us how this topic became a passion for you? It's been with me for uh, a long time, as long as I can remember. Um, I got into book reading because of my dad. I grew up uh, with a lot of books in the house, and uh, he used to read all kinds of books, including personality development books. So I got into it, I would say, fairly early. I even remember in my high school reading a book called Your Erroneous Zones by Dr. Wayne Dyer, and I was discussing that with my uh, friends. That was almost three decades ago. So I think this... This has been with me for a, for a while. It passed the, the time test, so to speak. So it's been a long time interest of yours, Sankar. I have, uh, you know, what exactly is the motivation for me to get into personal productivity and do this? I have two motivations really that, uh, that really make this topic of very interesting to me. One is that I would like to understand, you know, what differentiates the top performers from mm. the, you know, like the average performance. I, I always feel that there must be certain things that they do differently. There must be some kind of efficiencies and effectiveness that they're building into their routines. So I wanted to study that. So that's one motivation. The other motivation I have is that, you know, I mean, balancing work and family life and mm. kids and your hobbies, it becomes very difficult with so many things going on. So how do you make sure that you're on top of everything? So I feel that's also uh, a reason why I study personal productivity to make sure that I'm able to get my work done, but still have time for my family. That's yeah. something anybody can relate to. Absolutely. Right, right. I mean, yep. there is that intersection of your work life and your day-to-day -day life, and how do you manage all of that? Um, one of the biggest areas of productivity improvements that you um, have talked about is around email specifically. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What are a few best practices you can share with us with our listeners who may feel overwhelmed with their inboxes? Yeah, sure. So email is big, right? And uh, email can definitely hijack your day. Uh, because the you know I've read somewhere that emails are a way for others to add to your to-do list. Right? Mm. Because emails don't necessarily, may not align with your priorities for the day. Most often they don't. So, right? so you have to be very careful. Yeah. Um, and I have a few simple hacks that I, I practice, and I think uh, there's some best practices here. The first thing, which is uh, really a low-hanging fruit for me, is turn off email notifications. Mm. I mean, it's a very simple thing to do, and I think it's an easy win. And, uh, you know, for obvious reasons, you can see that, you know, once you turn off the email notifications, that thing will stop popping, and it's really a distraction so when you're doing some work and you get an email, you see that thing popping up, the notification. So these are definitely distracting. So I would strongly suggest that we turn them off. Now, the other thing which I practice with email, which is also, uh, I would say, very useful to do is schedule time to do your emails. Mm. I think a lot of people don't really do that and they just kind of get into their work and then 
start doing emails and then they do emails pretty much throughout the day uh, with probably no particular cadence to it. Um, I, I think that emails should be handled as any other task and it should have kind of a, a time for, for when you do it. So I actually schedule my emails where I do it typically three times in a day. I check my emails first thing in the morning. I clear my emails and then I check once in the afternoon. I do my emails and then just before I head out for the day, I do my emails again. That's fascinating. You were saying it's a way for people to add to your to-do list, but it's also a way for others to rewire your your goals for the day. You know, if something's burning, mm-hmm. <laughs> you get this frantic email, and it, but it's not worthy of a phone call, ironically, you know? <laughs> so you get this email, I really need you to do X, Y, and Z, and all of a sudden your whole day changes. You kind of give up that power to set your priorities for the day. I think that's fascinating. And then the other thing that comes to mind for me is losing your train of thought, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I really like the idea of turning off notifications because Sometimes it is something you can put off for an hour or two before you address it, but just losing that train of thought you had, it takes, you know, another 10 or 20 minutes to get that idea back. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's so, I love that you just said, let's turn off the reminders. Let's make a scheduled time for these emails and let's get to them, but maybe let's not get to them every minute because that takes away from the present state that we're in and our mindfulness at the moment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the idea is that as much as possible, you need to be in control of your day and your time, right? Mm-hmm. You can't have that be hijacked by other other things and other people's priorities. So that's the idea here. Mm-hmm. So another thing then, so in our busy worlds, we oftentimes forget to make time for ourselves. Do you have any best practices from a personal wellness perspective? Um, you know, you talk about the to-do list that's being mm-hmm. added to um, how do you make time to really conquer that to-do list, but also you know make the time for some of that deep critical thinking that needs to happen to take on some of that to-do list? Yeah, no, thanks uh, for asking that, Adnan. So I think that it's very important that we have those moments of solitude where we are able to think clearly for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea here is that when your mind is fresh and when it is able to focus, that's when your natural productivity is at its peak, right? You get the most bang for the buck, so to speak. So how do you ensure that your mind is fresh? How do you kind of sustain that state for a long period of time without burning out as the day progresses? So there are several, uh, again, uh, best practices here. I'll I'll mention a couple. The first one, which I really like and I, I do it myself is, take regular breaks during the day. Mm. I mean, probably it doesn't come naturally to some people. Some people like to come in, sit, and then just kind of, you know, keep chugging away at their work. But uh, studies have also shown that we can at most concentrate for maybe up to maximum of 90 minutes, Mm. beyond which definitely our, um, you know, kind of, there's a fatigue that sets in. So... I I like to take regular breaks. I think some of my colleagues, I'm sure they would be wondering, why is Sankar getting up and walking every once in a while? Mm. <laughs> but um, so so breaks can be uh, different types of breaks. Uh, some of my favorite breaks are taking a walk mm-hmm. uh, when I'm in office or even taking a nap, actually. 
I, 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 I do that more uh, when I'm working at home rather than in the, in the office, but I think it's possible even in the office. So a quick <laughs> short nap, a 10 minute nap is, it can be very refreshing actually. So I want to pause here and talk about, you know, around the world, that's in some cultures, that's super expected, right? We as thinking is particularly Latin American cultures, the siesta in the afternoon mm -hmm. is totally the rhythm of the, the culture there. Mm -hmm. In the US, if I were to tell my colleagues, I'm going to go take a nap in my car, <laughs> <laughs> I would be labeled a total slacker. So um, I'm, I'm curious to hear from some of our listeners out there in your culture where you're listening from, would a nap be acceptable? Uh, because it sounds delightful, to be honest. If I could just take a 15-minute nap in the middle of the day, I probably would come back super refreshed. So I'm going to be thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think another part of that, too, is the hours and the schedule that you're working. So in, in many mm -hmm. of our organizations, we're globally distributed with our colleagues. So some of us are in Asia Pacific, some of us are in the United States or Europe, and we're all mm -hmm. coalescing around the same times. And for some individuals, that's during the daytime. And for others, it is in their evening. So they may very well have to take, you know, intermittent nap breaks because it's just one of those things you have to do to function within that type of uh, work dynamic and schedule. So you know, it's so important to just have that perspective as well. And it's one that I can relate to. So being in Hong Kong, yeah, it is challenging to meet with everyone at the same time. Sometimes it is in less than ideal hours, but you do what you have to do. And sometimes it is taking a midday nap to get you through uh, mm. the rest of the day. Mm. So actually, uh, Adnan, you raise a good point. You're absolutely right. I mean, we have these natural uh, kind of cycles and uh, studies have also shown that for the most for most people there is a dip in the afternoon uh you know in terms of their energy level so that's a very natural thing maybe an hour after lunch so there's a natural dip so the idea here is that rather than fight it and you know kind of work through the dip i mean just kind of lean into that and just take a take a nap and you know get that uh, rejuvenation and then you'll be fresh and then you can get back to your work <laughs> I like yeah it. definitely I remember in the United States when I was working out there, I definitely had the 2 p.m. coffee breaks with my colleagues. It was very deliberate at 2 p.m. Take a quick moment to stop at a very well-recognized international brand of coffees and <laughs> have a nice cold brew before you know heading back into the office. So um, I can totally relate to that. Do you think it's important to you know, have those internal conversations with yourself of really what's working and what's not. How important is self-reflection and retrospectives with yourself um, regularly mm -hmm. to see what's working and what's not in some of these best practices that you've shared? Oh, it's absolutely critical. Um, again, the the the, the end of, at the end of the day, we actually work either in a weekly mode or in a monthly mode. So I think these uh, time periods naturally lend themselves to you know, reflection time. So I like to schedule what I call as a weekly review, which I typically do on a Sunday or sometimes even a Friday afternoon for the next week. And uh, it's it's twofold. There is a reflection part to it, but also there is a planning part to it. Mm -hmm. So the reflection part is definitely critical, which is to go back and think through the week and what you have accomplished and, you know, what you learned and just kind of internalize some of those um, key learnings. 
and uh, the planning part is for the following week so you want to kind of uh, you know start the week in the right foot so to speak so you need to set your priorities for the week so this whole process of weekly review takes it can take anywhere from one hour to let's say even three hours if you want to go detailed but it is a game changer i can tell you that when i come into work on monday morning i know exactly what my priorities are for the mm. week even for the day and that puts me in a very good frame of mind do you come across any resistance sankar to that where you've set your priorities at the beginning of the week you're very focused but someone else's priority list is bumping up against yours and there might be mm -hmm. some tension there you know how do you communicate about maybe not being able to tackle something because it doesn't align with what you're focused on for that week i could just yeah, see that being a natural tension yeah no that's a good question and i think that does happen from time to time and uh, i would look at it two ways kara firstly my list also is not something cast in stone so i mean i need to be a bit flexible about it right, right. because uh, you know we live in a it's a very dynamic uh, you know environment so if i had a certain kind of assumptions going into the week and i had a plan and you know if things change i should be able to definitely uh, you know shuffle the list if if it's required but having said that um, there are cases where you may want to be more assertive uh, to what you want to do and then push back. So I think it's 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 a kind of a judgment call. So I know uh, you've incorporated them personally, but have you, you know, recommended these with your teams, shared it outwards? You know, what are some recommendations on how we could get the whole team on board with some of these best practices you've shared today? The That's a little bit uh, tricky. The thing is that you don't want to let's say, try and change people uh, directly. I, I don't think that's a strategy that's going to work. Now, having said that, if they are able to see the benefits of, you know, some of these things, uh, definitely that will be more persuasive for them to adopt them rather than you, you know, directly telling them. So, for example, one of the things I do, and this is a slightly, you know, we didn't talk about meetings, but, you know, meetings are such a big thing in our in our day-to-day -day work one of the things i do without fail is every meeting is going to have an agenda and at the end of the meeting for every meeting I, I send out minutes of the meeting so when i start doing that i think you can see that as a team others also start to adopt this as a best practice and make sure that uh, they can see the benefits of doing that where the meetings are a lot more focused and to the point and then the action items come out at the end of the meeting so um same thing with even email. I mean, there is there is no, it takes some time for people to understand that, you know, I will not be able to maybe reply immediately. Mm -hmm. So um, they now understand that I check emails, not like all the time, but at certain times. So they, they kind of bake that ex into their expectation. So over a period of time, these practices do get, um, I would say, uh, spread into, into the team. Right, so it almost sounds like you're modeling the behavior. And then yes. your team is seeing those behaviors yield good results, and then they're adopting it themselves. So really modeling. I think so. I think that's the way to do it, as opposed to kind of <laughs> tell or preach them that's not going to work. Right. I heard a, a coach once say, there's no such thing as time management. 
because we only have so many hours of the day. What we have is expectation management. Mm -hmm. So what we allow others to impose or expect from us as far as responding to messages or we are spending an hour together in what we call a meeting, but here Mm -hmm. are my expectations for what's going to happen in this space. You know, we have a lot of power over that. And I think sometimes we let that power slide and just, you know, go with the flow because it's easier. But you're right. If we spend some time being more intentional about our time and our priorities and communicating those, I could see that being a total game changer for someone. No, absolutely. And and I can vouch for it because I, as I see, this is a, this is a journey, right? You can get better and better. So I think I was better probably uh, right now than I was a year ago and the next year I'll get even mm-hmm. better. So it's a continuous journey and I can see the benefits. And Kara, you used two words which are very crucial uh, to this whole, what we're discussing. One is that intentionality. Mm-hmm. I think you need to spend time with intention so you know exactly what you're working on and you know that you're working on the right thing. And the second thing is prioritization. I think prioritization is is huge. And I agree, you know, there's no such thing as time management. It is, you know, expectation management. I would even say it is priority management, right? Mm. You need to prioritize mm-hmm. what, you know, what is most important to you. Well, Sankar, thank you so much for joining us today. I think our listeners will love these recommendations that you've shared with them. Um, we really want to hear from our listeners. So if any of these best practices resonate or, you know, you want to answer that question about the nap, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, changenerds at gmail.com. Um, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I had a great time. It was really fun. You did a great job. Thank you.